0: Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab.
1: They make tracks towards the corner, 450 to go. Wiggins is cranking it up now on Namazu. He shows the way by a length. Arctic Wolf is coming off his back, getting
2: to the outside. Siren Rock, further back on the field, Savvy Legend. Namazu down past the 250. He gave them the slip. He's three in front. Savvy Legend, the danger, of the outside, chasing hard. Namazu just in front. He's getting a bit tired. Savvy Legend's going to Namazu. Namazu just in front. Savvy Legend went to him. Got it. Team. Savvy legend has nailed Namazu right where it counts and that's on the peg.
1: Photo third, Siren Rock or Siberian route It was route. a big weekend, wasn't it, in Mackay last Saturday and we just heard the closing stages there of the feature event. as we welcome you to Bushbeat. Let's say good morning to Tony Clements, of course, the Mackay Cup Savvy Legend, a big roughy there. Tony, did you have a dollar each way? Good morning to you.
0: Oh, good morning to you, Steve. Hello, everyone. And no, I didn't uh, have uh, anything on Savvy Legend and probably should have, but I know that uh, one of our guests on the show this morning did have a little something on a side wager there. But what a ride by Talia Fenlon, not giving up on the John Manselman train galloper, downing the seventy favour, written by Ryan Wiggins for Rick Vale in Namazoo and Siren Rock running third. And it was a big, big day there for Mackay. That wasn't the only feature. The Sunday Guineas went to Coco Express and the Bell of the Sunday to In Bell's Shadow. We've got a big show coming up for you on Bushbeat today as we uh, trek near, wide and far with racing results coming back from the weekend's meetings at Atherton, Roma, Emerald and Longreach. And Rob Luck is here with us as always to check in on all of the news. Good morning, Rob.
2: Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, uh, listeners. Welcome back from from, uh, Roma Tony and yes uh, we continued our, our good results uh, Tony with uh, having our guests on the show because having Johnny Manselman on the show last week he did mention to our listeners that uh, Cochran's an ever consistent horse and uh, that was the beginning of the double for the Mansellman Fanlin combination uh, got up at good uh, value and of course he did say Namazu would be extremely hard to beat in the cup but he had four going around and he got first and fourth and he mentioned Invisible Jet that ran a close second as well in the uh, final event on the program and I like the fact Tony that he, when we were talking about uh, John and uh, trainers and apprentices and how he supports them isn't it fantastic that Talia Fenlon gets that double on the day and gets the feature result on Savvy Legend, who, as a Zavabil has won out to 2200. He'd won at Ipswich in May, trained by Lockie manzelman And, look, this horse had been, I think, set pretty well for the Mackay Cup, coming off a 2.4-length defeat at Hewendon, of all places. But it was an unsuitable journey, and he ran very well there. So congratulations to the team. And, yeah, Tony, I did manage to get a nice little result with my small punting value but uh, it might have been a fluke more than anything from the punting point of view with <laughs> me but good congratulations to John on the team there he uh, is a bit of a wizard uh, picking up Mackay Cups but probably his first one in in some time I would think but uh, well at least we, we continue the record of our guests uh, not having a bad result after coming on the show.
0: No, it's been very nice with uh, all of the, the riders and trainers that we have, to have spoken to through much of 2023 that we haven't put the mark on them. <laughs> and that was sort of the case too on the weekend, seeing some of the results that came out, uh, looking back even just at the TAB meetings. Uh, we mentioned there with Ryan Wiggins going down on uh, Namazoo in the Cup, but big weekend for Wiggo, or big week, I should say, for Wigo. He had a treble on Thursday at Rockhampton, backed that up with a double at Townsville Friday, uh, and, yeah, uh, just missed out on the Cup there at Mackay. Ash Butler did have a double there of Mackay and Jason Taylor uh, had a double at Townsville uh, on Friday where the Magnetic Mile went to Armour Force written by Jason for trainer Stephen Massingham. It was a big week at the the tab tracks. It was a big week off the, uh, the tab tracks at the, uh, the country meetings as well, but not so much in the way of doubles or multiple wins. Uh, Rob, I was having a look at a stat after uh, Roma's Peter Flynn pointed it out to me and he was just looking first of all at the Roma meeting into the Longreach meeting. 11 race Races Saturday Sunday 11 different winning jockeys 11 different winning trainers I took that one little step further and had a look at the entire weekend at the country tracks 26 races across the uh, f- uh, four venues yeah four venues on um, Saturday and Sunday Atherton Emerald Julia Creek Roma and then Longreach Sunday made it 5 26 races with 23 different winning jockeys and 22 different winning trainers
2: yeah, and I think the word difference—the key thing, isn't it? Spread results spread across the board, and, and not just uh, the same trainer going to multiple venues. Um, I think that's a key key word in those numbers. It it just shows the importance of the scheduling and getting it right. And also, Tony, as we come to the end of the Premiership season, I'll just quickly go to our Premiership because we featured it last week. And when we look at this Premiership, it's down to the line in particularly the Jockeys case with the last meeting coming up next week. Uh, now, in the uh, in the country Jockeys Premiership, you've got Robbie Farr sitting on 42 with what you'd call a slender lead over Tyler Leslight and Dan Ballard. Now, interestingly, at Julia Creek, this is where the impact on the Premiership came on the weekend because you got Kenya Parry getting a treble, and that treble came with Dan Ballard. They got the winners with single malt in the maiden. They got Zumacon in the open, which is a horse in pretty good form two wins in the uh, third at its last three. And then they got in the next race, uh, Old Craigley Altona. Now, that meant that Dan got up to 39. It's not beyond the realms of possibility in one week. It might be. The, the, against the odds but dan ballard sitting at 39 tyler leslot on 40 robbie Farr doesn't feel quite secure there just at the moment with meetings coming up on the uh, up on the weekend um the other results out of julia creek didn't really impact but good to see jay morris got a newcomer in cuban affair up and kerry crow and jason babarovich that combination got mopar up but in the trainers premiership um, Johnny Mansman was the, the mover of course Tanya Parry with those three. Now that meant that Tanya joined John again in second place. She was a couple behind John got the one winner uh, with Milky Rocket and Emerald. Tanya and John sit on 43. I think it's pretty safe for Billy Johnson out there on 48 but we have a meeting, uh, a weekend to go with multiple meetings So not beyond the realms of possibility, but isn't it great, Tony, these premierships are coming right down to the wire uh, with the last meeting just around the corner
0: just before we uh, move into the results from last week, a look ahead to what is coming up this weekend for the last weekend of the uh, the current racing season. Bundaberg Gold Cup and Lightning is on this Saturday. It's also Caulfield Cup Day, Middlemount Cup Day, St George Cup Day as the second leg of the uh, Border Cup Triple Crown bonus. Uh, we saw the Bogabilla Cup go to Pallet for Tamara Noble and Pat Webster and they'll be targeting the uh, St George Cup this coming weekend and they're also racing at Tambo and that all follows on from the TAB program today. Gap and Thursday were at Cairns and the Saturday TAB meetings for Townsville and Toowoomba. It's Townsville Winter Cup Day and also the ladies' Bracelet. So plenty of interest going into this weekend's racing, Rob.
2: Yeah, and look at those multiple number of meetings again where this jockey shortage problem raises its head fairly continually when you've got races like Morvan, Mutterborough and Richmond and Yipoon. I mean, there's a fair bit of clashing going on, and that's why this morning uh, when we look to the weekend just gone, look at the difference that happens with a Sunday meeting being placed there at Longreach, where I happen to be on the weekend working away, Tony, um, for multiple days in the business, and uh, thank you to President Andrew Watts. I got an invitation to come out to the races as well where particularly uh it was a case of from the racing point of view some of the older timers uh really doubling up with some good wins but some newcomers on the scene as well uh, some reliable combinations in jockeys and trainers getting a win but probably none more impressive than in the main event on the day the arthur and beryl moody memorial open handicap when smooth move for nicky olzard and david Rewall took the win in a close finish
1: past the 600 towards the 5 about 12 lengths off these leaders Uh, hanging tough out wide there's Think High, Tycoon Zip in the centre, Centaur's making a run too as Music Award drops off further back to Caffrey, Helmet Head runs into it as they swing into the straight and smooth move, Centaur turns in front and he's got a great passage to hit the front, Think High's done it the tradesman's way but still runs on, smooth moves whacking away, it's in front is Centaur, Think High levelling up on the outside think high and centaur here's smooth move smooth move over the top yes smooth move beats centaur in the last stride think high and then we had Caffrey in behind
0: them nice win there by smooth move taking out the uh, feature race there at long reach on sunday and the arthur and beryl moody memorial open over 1400 meters nikki Olzard and david rewald combining great call there by president andrew watts who's joining us on Bushbeat again this week g'day what's he
1: Good uh, morning Tony, good morning Rob and uh, yeah it was a lovely uh, day's racing there on Sunday um, good nominations great jockey numbers and uh, as we heard their Smooth Move um, who's probably been one of the horses uh, of the year in the Central West thus far. He kicked off the year with a win at Blackall and has been ever consistent all the way through. Narrowly missed a spot in the Battle of the Bush and um, looks a little bit of a run of outs of late but uh, came with a wet sail there to beat Centaur who's right on track for this year's Long Range Cup. Probably exposed a little bit early in the straight uh, for Christy Clark Peoples and Jason Barbarovic. And Think High, uh, as you heard in the call, was three wide pretty much throughout and stuck on uh, to be beaten by just point three of a length. But, uh, Rob, it was, it was a lovely day's racing there on Sunday, bar the wind. Exactly. <laughs> Got
2: a little bit cooler as the day went on, particularly at night. But I think I think that happened across the street. And great to see young Nikki Olzard kick home her ninth winner and her first feature win. And, of course, uh, her first winner coming on the Longreach Track, as she reported to me after that race. But I, I mentioned in the preliminary, uh, Watsi, that it was a, it was a meeting in terms of results where you've got some of the old-timers who backed up in, like, Jerry Zander, uh, race-to-race wins. Uh, you got Rod Little and Emma Bell combining with a newcomer. Uh, Patrick O'Toole getting wins and uh, horses like Bionic producing the goods finally. And, and Cameron Dixon, he's third individual winner. I was really impressed with this win. He's third individual winner. It's his fourth winner overall. But Electric Spirit uh, for Brendan Newport uh, getting the result as well
1: yeah there there was there was some really it was really good racing and as we know um the uh, honors were well and truly uh shared around Six individual trainers and uh, six individual jockeys as well uh, over the course of the day. We'll start with race one. You did mention Den End. Uh, on the rare occasion out west here, we see a two year old have their first start and get a win. Uh, it was opened at $12 backed into an $8 SP. Uh, a good rails hugging ride for Rodney Little and Emma Bell. Great to see uh, that combination uh, in the winner's circle. Defeated Impending Rain, who made up a stack of ground to finish second for David Rewald and Robbie Farr. And I Time free. Gee, there's a win around the corner for this caliper soon uh, for David Rewald and Nikki Olsard. Uh, race two, Patrick O'Toole and Sarah Robbins are uh, combined with Haralbin, a newcomer from the. Uh territory i believe it's a newcomer to patrick stable i was talking to sarah after the race and uh, patrick's instructions were to handlebars down territory style and that's what she did um, jumped pretty much a length in front and stayed uh, a clear leader throughout to win by two and a half lengths over Sharpe ruler who was uh, doing its best work late for cowboy herman and hannah bakos and lieutenant who was up on the speed early stuck on for third for stephen rundle and Brendan Newport. That horse you mentioned, Bionic, for Shane Iverson and Amy Graham was a real impressive winner in race three. Um, came with a well-timed run out the, down the outside just after Zorosa and Hot Rod Jack. Looked as though they were going to fight it out. Bionic came with the big bounds uh, to get the chocolates for its first Western win. Three-quarters of the length over Zarossa for Ray Herman and Anna Bacos, as I said, and uh, Hot Rod Jack in third, Patrick O'Toole. And Nikki Allsard. Electric Spirit for Dicko took the cutest money um, on the day. Um, Electric Spirit has been chipping away. Um, got the right race there on Sunday. It was too good. Brendan Newport uh, steering that one to victory. Two uh, lengths and three quarters over. Shut it down. A newcomer for Marco. This was formerly with Nick Walsh in Rockhampton. A beautiful-looking animal. Uh, Tess Townsend in the saddle there. That'll be winning uh, a race shortly. And Cadano, who backed up off that good run in Mount Isa on Tab Day earlier this month, ran a good race into third for Billy Johnson and Tyler Leslie. Jerry Zander... Well, he's gone back-to-back, Jerry. He's um, had a flashing red light well, he does most starts. Uh, he rattles home and always runs a good race. He lumped the 64.5 there on Sunday in the Cooler Carpets and Furniture Benchmark 45 over the 1,400. And um, from the 200, you, you just wondered if he was going to get there under the weight. But once he got rolling, he came over the top of Bohemia Beans, to was an outstanding run for Carmel Baker and Brendan Newport to go down half a length. And the landing, um, he always runs well in races like this. He started $21, which was uh, good odds. Uh, For Charlie and John Rudd beaten a length and a half, and uh, that was the day for Sunday.
2: Yeah, from the the racing point of view, great to see that sharing of results, and uh, most importantly, to see the number of jockeys, 15 I think is the number, the number of trainers. I mean, Stephen Rundle came out with Lieutenant, got a placing as well. I think that's probably one of the few times that Stephen has been out. But let's look at this Sunday situation, Andrew. um, I know the Longreach Club is very progressive in that regard, in being happy to put the hand up to have a Longreach meeting. But for our clubs that are listening this morning and our listeners in general, let's look at this process of how it can work, how you go about doing it, what the pros and cons are. So firstly, when you want to have a Sunday meeting, is it something the club can go ahead? Or is it something you work in collaboration with RQ? How do you go about getting the Sunday allocation?
1: Well, well, like any um, date on the calendar, Rob, I think there is movement available. It's just very important that that door with Cole Truscott's always open, and and you're, you're talking about these options all the time. Um, for, for next year, for instance, we've we've done a little bit of a swaparoo with dates. Around Quilpie, um, Quilpie were generally concerned that they were racing against Bark all the one week, one week long reach the next, and jockeys are always going to be the problem. I was just having a quick flick through um, the Saturday meetings, for instance, Emerald, Julia Creek, and Roma, which does draw from the same pool of jockeys mm. and and horses. Well, Saturday, no horses. As a, a quick look through, really uh, missed out, and certainly no horses on Sunday missed out. So. I mean, if you can justify to Cole and and other clubs that this is what you're going to do, and um, I I think Racing Queensland will always back you 100% um, if you're doing something for the industry. I mean, this is an industry decision versus a party decision type of thing.
2: Yep. And, and again, horses like Therapy, I know Gary Brown have been struggling to get runs because of jockey shortages. Um, and now, now a couple of runs in a row, and, and even though it wasn't successful in the weekend, uh, it gets the run and trainer and jockey can keep planning with their horses um, going forward. The, the obvious advantage is, look at those jockeys, 15 for you on the weekend. It's, it, that side of it's probably a no-brainer, isn't it, that you're going to get the result with jockeys willing to travel.
1: Yeah, you are, and and that that's going to encourage nominations as well. I mean, we were able to split that class one. Uh, we had twenty five nominations for it, and you know, I, with the ability to to split that race to give all those horses a run, I, I think um, if people know they're going to have a jockey. You you will get the nominations. I think sometimes, of course, people nominate in hope, um, not knowing who's going to be turning up or who has a spare ride on the race or maybe a scratching. But um, this way, you know, people are nominating with confidence.
2: Oh, definitely, and if it continued to grow, the, the uh, possibility of seven races down the track, and, and that then expands the whole day. Um, and as you mentioned before, this this isn't about the club because go to the crowd side of things. You had a lovely day out there on Sunday with the weather, but you had a tourist crowd that built to about 120. Now, normally when that meeting's on a Saturday, I imagine they're the same sort of numbers that you're getting. So you're getting a, a crowd coming in, enjoying the day, and the day, then, it gets a little bit of benefit to the club, but it's not about the crowd, is it? This particular type of meeting you're you're scheduling.
1: No, no and I think that that's the key point too, because um, although the average person off the street had walk through and, and only see 100 people there and think, well, how are you making money? Well, this is where, as a club, you, you put into things into place where your overheads aren't as high. Um, you know, instead of running ticket windows and all that kind of stuff, you might just run a cash bar or, you know, you, you, you have your overheads a lot lower and then, of course, you are compensated buy RQ for running a Sunday meeting, so um, your wages I think you might get triple the money to, to run a Sunday meeting, so of course if you get your overheads down, um, there, there is an earn in it for the, for the club as well so um, yeah, look, I, I think down the track, it is a way forward for this jockey problem, I mean it's not something you would pull on every week but between the no. bigger clubs in, in, in the the troubled area and i talk about the central west southwest and northwest and possibly capricornia i mean if you if if your bigger clubs pulled on one meeting a year where these congested congested um, scheduling occurs it's it's a no-brainer oh
2: uh, look yeah and and one a year and, and this is a little bit the same. The getting the balance uh, right is important. I mean, getting the balance right about your race day being for the crowd and putting functions on versus the conditions for the participants has always been a balancing act as well. Some clubs, I think, go too much one way and too mu- or too much the other. But this is, again, a balancing act, isn't it? It's a once-a-year type of alternative. But if you had your bigger clubs in every zone looking at doing it, you immediately get that impact on some heavy weekends where the scheduling... And some of the scheduling becomes interesting, Watsy, because you get clubs like Clermont who basically can't race against Rockhampton because they're seen as being in the same zone. Yet the difficulty is then when they race against... Uh, places like uh, say Mudderborough for example in our area or more down the road if they happen to be scheduled, it's that pool of jockeys and horses that are being drawn on that causes the bottleneck, causes the problem
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly right and, and just on the weekend just gone by, I mean we had uh, Julie Creek, Emerald Longreach and Roma mm. and I mean a lot of people We saying oh there's seven hours between a lot of those places but um, it, it if if we'd have raced on Saturday, uh, we probably would have had six, maybe seven jockeys, and you know there probably would have been one less jockey go to the northwest, maybe one less yeah. in Roma, and it's just it's it's sometimes just got to take yourself away from just your area and look at look at the big picture, and uh, and these kind of things can work. And it is a, it is a really good solution, and and not all the time. And I know there's people that are that are heavily against the Sunday racing, and and people who who can understand which way it's going to go. But if you look at it as an industry day, uh, probably yep. the best way to describe it. And then you know if you happen to get a couple hundred punters through the through the gate and and whatnot, that's a, that's a bonus as well.
0: One of the other things I did notice on uh, Saturday and Sunday too, Watsy, was just the scheduling of timing, talking to a couple of the riders at Roma who were ready to finish up after the last race, Uh, even had a a barrier uh, hit out or a trial straight after the last, but they were still able to get on the road by sort of quarter to five, five o'clock. I know it's a seven-hour drive to get up to Longreach. They might have broken it up halfway overnight, but they were able to get up there for the next day, and you guys started off early and finished early, so then for those that perhaps might have had to get back to the southeast corner or back to Toowoomba or back over to the rocky at the coast or something like that they had the opportunity to be able to compete at both pick up and earn at both meetings and still get home in plenty of time ready for whatever some of them have still got uh normal day jobs if we can use that expression um Mm. for for getting back to work on monday so the timing of your meetings i think is also crucial we'd have this sort of discussion
1: yeah very very good point tony and um, i think that was uh, something we we're pretty mindful of on the Sunday because it is often the day off or the travel day home. So yeah, being able to wrap it up by three, we're able to get jockeys back on the plane heading back to Brisbane and uh, and yeah. things like that as well. So well, there's a lot that goes into it, and and there's there's a lot of eyes um, to be dotted and T's to be crossed. And uh, but look, it is it is definitely an option. Put it that way.
2: Yeah, that 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 one about the plane is important too. With uh, like say, it was if a Roma was doing it. Link in with your with your plane if you've got a plane on Sunday. Have a good look at those times because, like jockeys like Matty Gray, able to get him out to the plane, uh, get him there on time, and and be able to fly out. So you know, linking in with what your local knowledge is is so important. Andrew, I think the final thing that really, if you look at the against side of it, it's probably that word tradition, isn't it? That's the stumbling block in some cases, and traditions are so important in country racing. We know that, but. This, this little bending of traditions in this case, hopefully you can maintain the traditions of your race day because you're actually producing goods for the industry that lead to greater number of uh, jockeys, races, horses, etc. So, to me, that's probably the only stumbling block or the one that most clubs will have to work around is the traditions of having a meeting on Saturday for some particular reason.
1: Yeah, I, I'll, I'd agree with that 100% and, and as we know, bush racing is has traditionally been, uh, as you said, a day sport, but we've seen, you know, um, Thangool, a great example. They've had the ability to pick up tab racing on Mondays and Tuesdays, and I think they yes. might have picked up three, maybe four meetings. And, again, I it be interested to hear for, um, how that's gone for their club. I was, I was talking to Leon Roberts and, um Their club was very keen to, to pull those on. So um, that's another example, a little bit against tradition, but as an industry day, you're seeing inflated prize money and, and things like that to um, to counteract against the tradition. But the Sunday one's interesting. I mean, there's not a lot of southern races to bet on or, or things like that and you know people mindful of the fact they may have to work on a um, on a monday too so they might not be able to enjoy too many amber ales but yeah it's it's a work in progress and and uh, as i keep saying it is it is a it is a solution um to to the jockey alleviation and um, getting them traveling and yeah a double earn on the weekend
2: exactly um Thank you for your input this morning and your outline of that for our listeners and uh, look forward to your first call of a Caulfield Cup this Saturday, Watsy. We won't do the spelling of the Caulfield Cup because it's the real <laughs> Caulfield that you're going to on Saturday. Good luck on yeah, Saturday no. for you, mate.
1: Thanks, mate, and uh, you enjoy Royal Tambo.
2: <laughs> I certainly will.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, for Thanks, Thanks, We'll catch Wats, up soon. Uh, with us, Tony catch up with watch you very soon let's look at what happened to emerald on the weekend this winner was most impressive
1: they travel towards
3: the 500-meter mark, and most impressive in kinjina They joint leaders now as they travel past the 400, a length and a half. The jelly shot, they're followed by Ash two off to the favourite Villatinto, and they're followed by a Farmer's Friend, who's coming to the outside from Star Hatton. As they straighten up and they come down past the 200, it's kinjina the inside, about a neck in front of most impressive, who now gets alongside kinjina to go to the leader. And Nappel goes full bore on most impressive. She got away close to home and she beat Enkengina by two. Villatinto then. Star- uh
0: I had to throw that pun in, Rob. That was pun intended. Best most way of the year, Tony, that was. Yeah, did you like that? I I, I stayed up all night working on that one. It was most uh, impressive. <laughs> Very well-named horse. And, uh, yeah, raced by our next guest joining us this morning, Mr. S.K. Power with his uh, aunt and trainer, Miss G.J. Bell. Race most impressive and excel mare, which actually started its career, Rob, in the stables of Peter Moody before going to David Van Dyke and now making its way to As We welcome Scott Power to Bushbit this week. Hello and congratulations, Mr. SK Power. Hey, thanks, Tom. Good
3: morning to you. Good morning, Robbie, and uh, good morning, everyone.
0: Yeah, good morning to you, Scotty. Great to have you back
2: on Bush Beat. Uh, uh, very impressive, this uh, horse, a newcomer for you, uh, mate. Um, it won a Rocky too back, of course, but uh, what, what are your plans with Most Impressive?
3: Yeah, we're just enjoying the yeah, um, yeah, the opportunity to race the mare. Obviously, the Loss the family still own the mare, but um, gave us the opportunity, Glenda and myself, just to uh, bring her up this way and try and get some wins on the board, um, obviously for the breeding barn later on down the track because, um, yeah, pretty well-bred mare. She is most impressive, mm. but uh, we're having a lot of fun with her. And Mackenzie Appel, the apprentice, that was uh, her second leg of a double. It was also Glenda's. Um, aunt's second leg of her training double, so uh, she had it four in the race. Um, but she did, she did the right thing by me, mate. Um, had the purple cap, the orange cap, the blue cap, and the black cap. So uh, we we done all right, mate. We ended up doing alright at the end. But no, we were very, very pleased with that. Very good win, most impressive. And as I said, young Mackenzie appel apprentice to Ricky Vale, rode to perfection. Uh, Set outside Kenjina, uh, who obviously did show the speed in the race, but most impressive got there on her own steam and. McKenzie didn't panic at all and was able to get it a kick strongly inside the last two hundred. Kinjina for Please. Raymond Williams and Gabby Simmons ran very well to finish in second spot. And Avila Tinto for Nick Walsh and Nikki Olzart wound up in third spot. But yeah, no, very good win uh, to the mayor most impressive.
2: I wonder if I wonder if Glenda's <laughs> gonna try and talk the owners into the mayor going to rock sturdy, the stallion she's got there.
3: <laughs> yeah, that'll be um that'll be a bit of a kick along, mate, wouldn't it?
2: It certainly would, uh, with uh, winners coming for that stallion. And, of course, it was a race-to-race double after Mackenzie uh, Appel had a a winner in the previous for Nick Walsh.
3: Yeah, she did, and uh, raced by the big family, cash car. um, Back into the uh, benchmark 45, the better-than-ready mare. Uh, Yeah, rode again to perfection by young Mackenzie Appel. Uh, Only a third week of riding. Uh, That was the first leg of her double, and uh, she rode it to a nicety. was able to hold that inside advantage. Uh, held the others out and was able to kick away and win quite easily in the end. Cash Car, as I said, trained by Nick Walsh, uh, raced by the big family. Lindrick Lass finished second. Chris McCormick for Lynn Sullivan. And winding up in third spot was the uh, Clint Taylor trained So Adelia and Nicky Alzard. Uh, that was race number three.
0: I was having a look at Mackenzie Appel's riding record, and as you said, uh, she's only just a newcomer to the riding ranks. Her first win, believe it or not, was only back on the 14th of July in the HL Black Memorial at Mackay at that Friday tab program. Keep in mind, today's only the 25th, so that's only 11 days ago that she had her first winner at just her sixth career ride. She's now racked up four winners and four placings from 15 rides and is going great guns.
3: Yeah, no, she's a, she's a very good listener too and um, I'm pretty sure she's going to um, get a lot of encouragement down there in the Rockhampton riding ranks and, um, uh, yeah, she, she'll ably listen and uh, her service is going to be sought after.
2: It, it was a case again that the uh, the female jockeys dominated the program. Interestingly, Emma Bell kicked home your first winner and she did the same on Sunday at Longreach with Rodney Little but this time Glenda Bell and uh, Permagon uh, Pergamon in the maiden plate.
3: Yeah, race by uh, Zohair uh, Abdukharam uh, in Glenda, Pergamon. Uh, formerly trained by David Van Dyke. I think Zohair has horses with David down there in the, uh, in the southeast as well. But, yeah, Pergamon, uh, the well-bred galloper by Capitalists. Uh, Emma rode it to perfection. Uh, had a few runs on the dirt track. Its first run for Glenda wasn't all that good. It finished down the track at Emerald. But it's finished second at Springstreet on Clangmont its last two. Uh, that consistency on the board broke its maiden status on Saturday. And congratulations to Glenda. Arnt, she racked up a double, that was the first leg of the double, ridden by uh, her niece Emma Bell. Defeating number 8, Russian Whisper, Nikki Olzard for Clint Taylor, uh, the two-year-old first starter, that was the favourite. And Aunt's other runner, lost and found, a first starter for Mackenzie Appel. Uh, The two-year-old will be three shortly, uh, having its first start finished in third spot. But no, full credit to the winner, Pergamon, who had proceedings up.
2: Great to see. Arwenichi's taken no harm from the Battle of the Bush because he won it uh, Thangool last week. Backed up again, this time with Gabrielle Simmons uh, taking the open handicap.
3: Yeah, Gabby, um, she wrote it to perfection. There was a bit of a battle up front. Only the field of five. Uh, she let the other four, um, you know, go held a skeller up front and Arwenichi was able to sneak back, uh, have that uh, all unfold in front of him and Gabby pulled him to the extreme outside when they straightened up. Uh, he gathered them in very quickly and uh, his record at the track is impeccable. He's had 14 starts now for eight wins, five seconds, uh, one third. So 100% top three uh, from his 14 starts at Emerald and eight winners now uh, for Arwenichi, Trained by Raymond Williams, as I said, ridden by Gabby Simmons. Uh, defeated Stoichel uh, for Clint Taylor and Nicky Olzard. And winding up in third spot was Poets Girl for Emma Bell and Steve Rundle. But no, good to see Awanichi uh, back-to-back wins now. one at Thanguil and then backed it up again Saturday.
2: And back-to-back back where it's come off the pace, Scotty. It might be the, the secret again with the new lease on life there. But go to the last race on the day, and uh, this did give Johnny Manzelman uh, the one winner back in the Premiership. What a great uh, advertisement this horse is, Milky Rocket. Uh, Milky, uh, he's got a, a great social media following, but 50th winner for Jade Doolin, and uh, I don't think there would have been a more excited jockey on course on the weekend.
3: Yeah, it was a fabulous 10 minutes for Jade because the Mackay Cup was run just before this race and I um, ha- happened to be watching the race with her and um, to see Savvy uh, Legend uh, win the Mackay Cup and uh, she was elated with that. And then, of course, she, as we know, we, she bred Milky Rocket uh, yep. by Rocket of Goal and um, uh, he, he's, he's in the show re- arena as well, Milky, and um, he's, he's won a lot of ribbons there. But uh, that win on Saturday, of course, he's now raced by Johnny Manzeman and uh, Jade gifted her share to her mum, Viv Doolin, uh, when she uh, took up a riding apprenticeship. Uh, yeah, rode, uh, rode it to a nicety, Jay did, and he cracked the $100,000 mark on Saturday, Milky Rocket. Um, and he won very, very stylishly because Jay was able to get him to settle uh, over the 16-15 and a little bit of pace up front and uh, brought him to the outside and he ran home nicely to beat uh, Brazen Brecchio uh, for Mackenzie Appell and Jennifer Hatfield, an absolute charmer. The other Johnny Manzeman runner for Nicky Olzard uh, winding up in third spot. But, no, it was great to see the Palomino Milky Rocket uh, get the money and, uh, yeah, as you said, Jay was absolutely, uh, you know, elated when she came back on uh, the, the Palomino.
0: Yep,
2: and that Huwenden yeah. form again. That's where it won last run, the same as Savvy Legend ran unplaced at Huwenden, so the uh, the timing was perfect with those two wins. Uh, where do you head to next, Scotty?
3: Um, I, I don't head to Middlemout. They race there this Saturday, but, um, of course, we've got the once-a-meeting uh, clubs kicking in in the middle of late August and early uh, in the middle of September, so... Uh, Dingo will be my next meeting Robbie that's on the 19th of August uh, that's the Dingo Cup meeting and then the Memorial Race Day at Bluff on the 26th of August that's following that. Uh, we've got Emerald Tradies and uh, uh, Ladies and Tradies Day on the 2nd of September uh, then we go to Springshore on the 17th and then we've got the Twin Hills weekend which clashes of course uh, with Longreach Cup on the 23rd, 24th around that weekend in September mate so a little bit happening towards the back end of the year. Uh, Been a little bit quiet during this uh, middle part but no, looking forward to get back
0: into it, mate, in full swing. You go Good on the you, Scotty. We'll catch that. up soon. Hey,
3: thanks, boys. Good morning you. Good morning, everyone.
0: Scott Power there reporting in on what happened at Emerald on the weekend as we continue our roundup of the country news on bushpeat and now focus on what happened at Bassett Park at Roma on the sand on Saturday. And a bit of a parallel here, Rob, with Mackenzie Appel on her winning way at Emerald. Tamara Noble doing something similar at Roma.
1: 400 metres to mark, and Mason chasing Minari out on his own in front. Leads by the best part of four to Raspberry Bullets, followed then by Camarosa's Savvy Song looking for inside runs, and then Ghetto. chasing Minari in front, down past the 100. Raspberry Bullets after it, and getting through on the inside. Camarosa. Camarosa's the one through on the inside. Sprints away to win by a link. Tight for second, Raspberry Bullets...
0: And a rails-hugging ride there at the end for Tamara Noble aboard Camarosa for Rodney Hay, who's now set up at Chinchilla. And uh, I think, what was it you were saying to me, Robbie? He hasn't trained or owned a winner for a, oh, at least a couple of days. A week and a so half, been, I think, Tony. Was drought. it that long? He would have been <laughs> suffering withdrawal symptoms, I'm sure Roddy, but it was good to see him there at the track on Saturday. But I mentioned the parallel i was looking at the record mm. of what Mackenzie Appel has been doing in such a short time. Tamara Noble's been doing something similar. Uh, that was her fifth career win, so she's now outwritten her 4kg country claim. She only rode her first winner at Gander back on the 10th of June at her fifth career ride and she's now racked up five wins and five placings from 25 rides Tamara's apprentice with Troy Pasco at Toowoomba. And I mentioned before when talking about uh, St George came out this weekend, tomorrow was aboard Pallet for Pat Webster in the Boggabilla Cup. I got past my guard. that She also slipped across the border to ride Pallet to win the Mungandai Cup for Pat. So great association there. And they'll be going for the second leg of the Border Cup's Triple Crown Series this Saturday at St George. And one of the things that I uh, probably should have mentioned when
2: talking to uh, Andrew Watts before, the supply of our jockeys is so important as well, and that's really ticking along quite nicely. When you look at your, your program out at Roma, look at the apprentices who dominated the day. They actually rode the program, Tony, when you go through and look at each one, every one of them ridden by an apprentice, whether it be four kilo right down
0: to Tyler Leslie, uh, down to claiming two. Yeah, there was actually only three senior riders there on the day. The rest of the jockey rooms were were filled by the apprentices, which is great to see. And as we said, five... Uh, different uh, winners from five different stables with five different uh, hoops aboard. The day started off with an interesting story, Rob. I didn't get the full story, but I can tell you what little I did hear of it uh, when, when you're eavesdropping, as you do in the enclosure, but then I was busy with a few other tasks and so I didn't get a chance to get back over and ask Chinchilla trainer Leonard Morn all about Morraby Girl. This is a five-year-old mare by dissident having her first start on Saturday, so you just got to think there must have been some issues along the way. But the way that uh, she uh, ran and the way Landon Sykes had her set up in the run, able to dictate terms out in front and was never headed in an all-the-way victory winning by about a length and three quarters or so, and when I had a little bit of a look at it and I thought, well, it's got to be a name, uh, a story behind the name. And also then I, I heard a little bit of a story about the owner, Joe Rayner, was there and Joe was having a little uh, happy cry, if you can say that. And the, the story goes something along the lines that those colours of the, uh, the red with the yellow cross and the yellow sleeves and cap were raised by her family and the... The Rayner family, I was uh, doing a little research on the interwebs, uh, dates back to the 1850s at Morabee down near Condamine. There's a long, long history there uh, that goes back to the property in the region with the Rayner family. And I believe that, yeah, those colours hadn't been seen in the winner's circle for many a year. So it was a bit of an emotional win for, uh, for Morabee Girl and, uh, and Landon Sykes in the first race. I was always good stories behind these country winners. And being a dissident,
2: I think uh, having that little bit of time would do no harm as well. And uh, Scotty Rogers, um, I mean, we know, remember Oggy winning the Roma Cup, I think it was for him, but he's got a good one with Isle and All as well.
0: And a big uh, connection there, a big list of connections too, Rob. There's a, a lot of family names that are tied up there in the, uh, the connections of Ireland All. And this was the first of two very, very close finishes, only a short half head in this, and you'd have almost gone... The outside to think that clearly George was able to uh, to head Island All right on the line. I think it was one of those ones that are, are bound before the line and are bound after. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly George was probably in front, but where it mattered, when the judge called a halt, was where Island All was able to win. At her third start this campaign, uh, she won back at Augathella on Easter Monday, at a nice third last start of Roma. Jacob Golden continuing that association there, and good to see uh, Scott Rogers with another good one in the stable there, beating clearly George and Carbores. The next race was another very very close finish and this was shotgun sunny uh, the grey flashing down the inside picking up his third win at his home track from just six starts there at bassa park uh, this tycoon ruler gelding ended up winning by Justin Nose from um, uh, Hidden Dragon and Office Jim was a very eye-catching run down the center of the track for Toowoomba trainer, Pat Webster. That was another one where had the judge not had the, the benefit of having the camera photo finish there, you'd have almost call, called it a triple mm. dead heat because it was very, very tight as they crossed the line. It was the um, Families and Fillies race day at uh, Bassett Park on Saturday, Rob, and it was good to see a whole heap of the youngsters out there with mums and dads enjoying the racing action, but at the same time, enjoying picnics on the lawn, it was a little chilly, but there yeah, the sun was out and they had the jumping castle and the sand pit, always a big hit with the little kids and big kids were able to enjoy the racing action as well. And like we we're saying with Watsi, it's, it's so integral to how you market and schedule your race meetings of so the other kind of things that you put on on the day for the people that are coming along to the races as well. And when that meeting wrapped up
2: with that final result, Tony, the important thing about the premiership was Johnny Mansell got the winner with Milky Rocket that got him one win closer to Billy Johnson. Billy just bounced straight back with Stampede Warrior and Tyler Leslite who got that winner closer to uh, Robbie Farr and the Jockeys' premiership, but he's sewn up the Apprentices' one. But this declaration of war, it's a hu- he's a huge horse. He's, he's got to be close to 17 hands, but he's won three of his last four and now nine from, I think, about... 50 starts, maybe I've got that number wrong but he beat Salazar and impactful so that premiership right down to the wire both Emerald and uh, Roma wrapping up the program there daddy
0: and I think it wasn't lost on Tyler Leslie because Tyler was able to get past the post, made sure that uh, he was a good uh, horse-length past the post before then a, uh, a yippee cry went out and the flourish of the whip to uh, salute uh, the crowd and I think, yes, uh, very significant there in premiership standings. Tyler's also uh, uh, leading at the moment, I think, on the Country Apprentices title from what I saw yep. the stats there before and doing exceptionally well and a nice win there by Stampede Warrior beating Salazar and Impactful and we heard um, the other winner there with uh, Camarosa uh, Downing, uh Chase and, and Raspberry Bullets. Uh, there was a, a length and a quarter in that. But all in all, Rob, it was a pretty good day's racing there for, for Roma. And their next meeting there at the club is going to be their St John's School Race Day which is coming up on the 19th of August as a big fundraiser there for St John's. We roll along. We've got one more meeting to uh, roll our way through and look uh, back at what happened at Atherton on the weekend where Alex Maliff was able to pick up, I think his second career training double.
1: Evil Woman is in front here down on the- the inside by half a length. Thumani goes up and Bohemian flyers three wide around them. Tracking up in behind them, Solomon now tracks up on behind the back there of Bohemian flyer in the middle is the Lout. And they were followed then by Risk in Rome, Miss Bossy to the outside and October Storm will stay on the fence. Into the straight now. And uh, Thumani kicked a couple in front here. Bohemian Flyer is trying hard to pick it up. Solomon is starting to run home. It's uh, Thumani in front. Solomon is charging down the outside. Thumani, though, is going to make it a double for uh, an early double for Alex Melloth, the trainer. It beats. uh, Second was uh, Solomon. Third
0: (laughs) Mini Beer was Alex's first winner in the opening race, backing it up with Thumani there in the second event. Atherton, Rob.
2: Yeah, that mini beers, a two-year-old getting the win, and uh, you were right, Alex Malles second uh, training double, and that kicked that program off uh, with Stephen Wilson and Rachel Shred sharing the honours there. Lacey Morrison, of course, kicking home Smarty Lee for. Roy Chalemi, that was third up, the smart missile. I think the horse to follow out of this meeting is Son of the Beast, Ricky Ludwig, Frank Edwards, four wins and a third, its last five, the Maurice four year old Gelding. And I'm pretty sure I saw it in the weights for Cairns on Thursday, uh, defeated Side Hustle and Boom. But that horse is going extremely well for Ricky Ludwig, as the Ricky Ludwig team does. He's always got a good one in the stable. And David Reynolds having a nice little run. Uh, he had a provincial winner, but he got the Quinella in the last with Lady of Fortune and Spanish Bean. Uh, this one coming off a fourth at Cairns, and Nor Yardy booted home the Factor Mayor uh, at its third run for the stable over Spanish Beans and Bor- Borlotti Beans, which by those names would have to be both spill the beans gallopers. So, <laughs> yeah, across the board, fantastic racing, Tony, and that Sunday meeting highlighting that uh, long reach uh, ability to put the meeting on as well as the benefit to the whole industry across country Queensland.
0: Nominations already starting to filter through for the weekend's racing. I see no less than 15 nominated for the Lindsay Australia Bundaberg Gold Cup as part of the 60 nominations there on Saturday. Caulfield Amateur Race Club with their Cup program already have 64 nominations. There's 52 in for middleman, including 10 in the Cup. Need a few extra ones to filter through for the St George meeting on Saturday. I see Pallet and Salazar uh, both nominated there to line up for the Queensland Cotton St George Cup on the weekend. And you're off to Tambo. There's already 47 nominations here there for your big program of five races coming up saturday yes
2: definitely got the drive back to tambo and uh, i will spill, spell caulfield for our listeners who are unsure what i mean by the caulfield cup c-o-r-f-i-e-l-d but it's still mm-hmm. the real caulfield tony as their advertising promotes and uh, great to see that they've got the nine nominations already coming through safe travels and we'll catch up next week we'll look forward
0: to it tony good morning to you good morning listeners Thanks to Rob Luck, Andrew Watts and Scott Power for joining us on Bushbeat. Good luck to all of the clubs racing this coming weekend. And as always, if you missed any of the show, the podcast replay available through the Radio Tab megaphone page. We put the link out on the Country Punter's Facebook page and also it's available at the Radio Tab Twitter handle, which is at Radio Tab Oz. And we'll catch you back, back next Tuesday on Bushbeat here on Radio Tab.